We're We're Sam Sam and Kay from from Roll and Play Play Press, and and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Rich Lesko Flair from Alligator Alley Entertainment to talk about the Master Tactician's Guide to Esper Genesis. In the news, $1 million plus Kickstarter ends and another begins. More information about the Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Power Rangers RPGs, Blades in the Dark, and Exalted are getting TV series, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about imaginative ways to play old games. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. This podcast is sponsored by Orange Pinafore the most convenient meal delivery service in town. Simply sign up for 13 groats a week and Orange Pinafore will deliver the ingredients for a range of delicious meals straight to your door, including lamber's bread. Ugh, why do elves have such tedious food? Worm sandwiches, xenomorph eggs, weasel tongue. Ooh, I assure you, that is delicious. Maggot cheese, roasted peacock and marmite-flavoured ice cream. Delicious. Mm. All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. For us, as ever, I am absolutely 100% delighted to be here. Who's that with you, Peter? Why, it is, uh, it is the man from Alligator Alley Entertainment. It's Rich LaSofa, the genius behind Espergenesis, uh, who has now produced the final part of the Triumvirate of Awesome, that is the total Espergenesis game. Yeah, Espergenesis, otherwise known as the game I am very jealous of and wish I'd made. (laughs) (laughs) Too slow, my friend, too slow. (laughs) Rich, thanks for coming on to the show for a second time. Clearly didn't learn your lesson from the first time, so fair play to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun Uh, last time, and, you know, I'm sure it'll be the same. Right. Yes. Shall we jump into some RPG news? We should. And I think we should start with... (laughs) Yes. A quick Avatar watch. Uh, oh, it's finished uh, now. Yes. Did you see what it finished on? Uh, no, I didn't. I haven't looked. <laughs> <laughs> it just finished on about $9.5 million. Wow. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not $10 million. We were pretty sure it would get to $10 million. But on the other hand, I guess I'll just have to take the consolation of $9.5 million. <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Over. Okay. Over 80,000 backers. Well, I suppose you're going to need a lot of backers to get that much money, but yeah. Well, yeah, but these are just numbers that I can't even comprehend. This is... That's fair. I mean, fantastic. (laughs) I I mean, you're a big man for comprehending numbers anyway, Russ. Uh. Well, yeah. I can go up to about three or four, and then beyond that, I get Mm -hmm. a bit confused. Yeah, I understand. How many of us are in that 80,000? Well, I didn't back it myself, because I'm not... uh, I'm not really an Avatar fan, and I did try watching the first episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, and I probably won't be watching it anymore. Oh, oh, it's a lovely show, but yeah, okay, maybe a little too I, mean, I guess it's a lovely show if you're eight. <laughs> Fine. Uh, well, uh, actually, Jess ended up backing it, my lovely wife, and um, 
So we're going to get the full bells and whistles with the lovely alternate Cora or Ang cover on the front. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, I just backed the regular one. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's so, so two out of three of us backed that yeah. Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And from extrapolation, 66% of role players worldwide also backed it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how, that's how, that's how maths, that's how statistics. It's a representative yeah. sample. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> but I just did um, want to talk about for a quick moment about million dollar Kickstarters because. Hmm. Since that's ended, there's already, already another one. Another million-dollar Kickstarter. Yeah, million-dollar tabletop RPG Kickstarter. So we've now reached a what? point where million-dollar tabletop RPG Kickstarters are coming in so fast that they're starting to overlap with each other. They're so common now. I know, this, it's this amazing. This is ridiculous. Go on. This, is, this one's called Tanaris, Tanares, Tanaris RPG for 5e. Okay. Oh, Currently okay. running. Launched a couple of days ago. This Science is a big, fiction one, is it? No, no, this is a oh. fantasy, it's a D&D setting. <laughs> okay. High fantasy setting. Um, the, the, the kind of gimmick with this one is, mm-hmm. um, they had like, I think it was like 12 to 13,000 people on their Kickstarter mm-hmm. pre-launch page waiting for this one to launch. Wow. Because they were giving away, for everyone who backed it on the first day, a big gold dragon miniature for free. Oh, that is, um, that's one with, um, Oh, his name's completely gone out of my head. Border Marchers guy. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of people. It's got a whole bunch of, um, uh, like Ed Greenwood. It's yes. got Skip Williams, Rich Redmond, Amy Vorpal, like uh, Robert Schwab, Jeff Grubb, loads of, um, a loads star of people who cast. Have, yeah, 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 yeah. So they've got a good pedigree going. Mm-hmm. So that thing, it hit a million in the first day. Oof. And one day it hit a million dollars. Wow. I know. The power of bribery. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, back on, I, I mean, back our Kickstarter and you'll get a free gold dragon miniature. And quite a nice one as well, if I recall. Yeah. Well, not anymore, you can't. Um, no. It was only on the first day. You had to back that it on the first day to get that. It oh, was an yeah. early, early bird thing. But there's now been nine million dollar Kickstarters, tabletop mm. RPG Kickstarters in mm. the last six months. Since March. Nine of them. That's an average, I worked out, of one every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Every wow. three weeks, there's a new million-dollar wow. tabletop RPG Kickstarter at the moment. That's, you want to talk about uh, something that makes me jealous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I bet, right? I mean, we've covered them on the news. They're usually mm. quite big news. But there's been nine of them in the last six mm. months. I bet you can't remember them. I, I bet, remember I bet that you've become so used to million-dollar Kickstarter news that you're starting to forget them now. Um, let's see. Who's we got? I remember the One Ring people. Okay, they were yeah, quite good. So that's one. And you had the Dungeons and Dragons Inn supplement. It was like uh, all about inns and taverns and all that jazz. Yeah, Seeker's Guide to Twisted Taverns. Yep, so yep. that's two. You, you, Rich, you got the thing? No, okay. Is that it? Or is <laughs> that the Obviously, I, I remember, I remember yeah. 7th Sea, and that's about it. And that's, uh, yeah, well, 7th <laughs> Sea was in 2016. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit behind times there. So, yeah. Okay, so these, these, these are the nine million dollar Kickstarters so far this did, year. Did Coyote and Crow crack yeah, a million? Yeah, Coyote and Crow, so that's yeah. the four. Yeah, so we've got yeah. uh, the One Ring, as you said. Yeah. We've got the Seeker's Guide to Twisted Taverns. That was mm-hmm. in March as well. Mm-hmm. So that was two in March. Mm. Then we had Coyote and Crow was in April. Yeah. Uh, in May, we had Grim Hollow, the monster grimoire. Also okay. in May, we had Ouroboros, Coils of the Serpent. Oh, that's the uh, Warcraft guys. Yeah. Mm. 
Now, we didn't have one in June, but then in July, we had Heliana's Guide to Monster Hunting. Oh, nice, nice. In August, we had Dungeons of Drakenheim. Okay. And the Dungeon Dudes. Oh, you remember that one. Oh, that's good, yeah. And then in September, we had Avatar Legends, and we have Tanari's RPG, which is oh, currently okay. running. Okay. Nine. Goodness. That's right. just amazing. I mean, this has got to be, is it pandemic related, do you think? What is it that's making this, this particular period? Of, I, I like, mean, maybe there's a kick- tipping point being reached. Well, Kickstarter's been around since 2019. Yep. So, uh, 20, no, oh, 2009, no. sorry. I was going to say, 2019. Yeah, 2009. So it's been around for 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those 12 years, there mm. were $4 million tabletop RPG Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. Total in yes. 12 years. Yeah. One every three years on average. Mm-hmm. And then in the last six months, there's been nine. One every three weeks on average, which makes it 52 times as fast. So what what's going on? Why Why oh. is this happening? Maybe we could track it on some sort of curve and follow the exponential growth. Well, I, I mean, have my idea to make a graph. <laughs> <laughs> I've made oh, a graph excellent. of it. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. I, do you want to see my graph? Yeah, great. Go on, then. I'm very I've proud two, of my graph. Per, I've got two perfect theories. material for podcasting. Yes. There's my yeah. graph. Oh. It's on there. Oh, what are your theories, Rich? <clears throat> uh, well, uh, well, obviously, uh, tabletop RPGs have shown just as exponential growth in the past few years. Just mm. by D, just by D and D alone, so mm. you know the the audience is much much larger than it was yeah. back in yeah. uh, back even even four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that, and there's now so many different ways of playing, especially like you know games that are coming out that are you know five E or, or whatever. Everyone has all the you mm. know roll twenty D and D Beyond and all these different ways that you can play with people without yeah, being at yeah. a table. So it's easier to just pick up a product and say, hey, I'm going to run this whatever in my pajamas, you know, with like four other people who are also at home. Mm-hmm. And that's that, so those, are the I, two, those are the two things together, I think, combined. Yeah. I think there's another couple of things. So one is the pandemic, I think. And I think quite mm-hmm. a few people aren't spending money on, or over the last year and a half, haven't been spending money on going out or going out for meals. So they've got maybe a little mm. bit, a little bit more disposable cash. Well, well those people who can work from home, maybe. Yeah, for, for, yeah. I mean, some yeah. people, yeah. obviously, for yeah. other people, it's been very problematic. But yeah, indeed. But um, challenging times. So that's 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 one thing. I think the pandemic and also um, role playing is a kind of an indoor pandemic compatible. That's true. Activity, isn't it? Because you can yeah. jump on Zoom and you can play. You can play a, a tabletop RPG. Yeah, yeah. Discord as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's also that's... just fun to get a bit of escapism. A lot of these books and modules and adventures are just nice to read. Yeah, and escapism, it's all real. <laughs> You're trying to read Dungeons and Dragons? It's not real now. Oh come on! <laughs> oh, Russ, I've got terrible news for you about the Easter <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, looking at your graph, uh, I'm I'm pretty confident, staking my uh, reputation as an RPG professional, that there'll be 15 million dollar Kickstarters next year if trends continue. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. Well, the other the other thing I think so. Pandemic is one thing. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is I think we've had an explosion on Facebook ad campaign. Yeah, no, that's fair. Where I, mean, I, I, I think people have just kind of caught on and realised just how good Facebook is at that particular thing. I definitely saw adver- adverts for Avatar on it, and also on things like apps. Like a, I, I use the Geolingo app to learn some languages, mm. and. Wow, I was getting a lot of Avatar ads in this really? last week. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I was like, just like pretty much. If you get if you play the free version of it, um, then yeah, you will see a lot of ads for various things. 
And Avatar was, yeah, a lot oh, of times. That, that I did not know. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, there's also things that there's companies like, there's promotional companies like Backer Kit, and, and people like them are, are spending a lot of money on Facebook on ads for you in advance and then taking mm. the money out of your pledge token at the end, which mm. means people are able, because generally speaking, if you're running a Kickstarter, you can't necessarily afford a $30,000 ad campaign until uh, after the Kickstarter. Right, when you've got the money, yeah. but then you might not have $30,000 because you didn't have the advertising. Yeah. Um, so what, no. what what people like Backerkit do is they will spend that for you, right. and then you owe it to them after the after the campaign. Oh, tricky, Which, tricky. Yeah, yeah. So that does mean that, you know, you're getting quite a lot of big ad campaigns for people that originally wouldn't have been able to afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's sort of they've got a certain amount of capital, they invest it, and then they get paid in, what, 30 days? So, yeah. So, well, the way Backerkit hmm. works, and I assume the others work fairly similar. So mm-hmm. what happens is you sign a contract with Backerkit, and mm-hmm. they start spending money on ads. Mm-hmm. And you can basically monitor it each day and you can say, Oh, I think you're spending too much. But, um, uh, every pledge that is generated from an ad is tracked by a referral code. Okay. And it shows up on your Kickstarter dashboard. Mm-hmm. So you can see how much that, so say, say at the end of the, uh, Kickstarter campaign, you've raised $30,000 mm-hmm. and you can see that $10,000 of those have that referral code on them. Mm-hmm. That, those, those $10,000 worth of pledges, you can say, okay, back it, it generated mm-hmm. those with the ad campaign. Right. So Backerkit takes 15% of the pledges that it generates. So they take, they take $1,500 of that $10,000. And plus you also, you would, you would pay them for the actual ad spend itself. However much. Right. 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 So you cover their costs and then a percentage of. And then 15% of whatever they raised. Yeah. Ah, interesting. And that's how that works. And generally speaking, they're pretty good at it. So they can make sure you don't lose money. Right. Right. There's kind of like, there isn't a good reason not to do it because as long as they're making one dollar and one cent for you for every dollar they spend hmm. or every dollar you spend as long as the return on investment is greater than the take it still yeah, yeah. taking into no. account the 15 yeah. percent it's that, worth that, that's yeah. that's literally how making a profit yeah. on things yeah, works yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but, but they're, it's but, absolutely they're very good yeah absolutely yeah. Worth it. I, I will i will say the the one major lesson that we learned the first time we did the, the kickstarter you know fresh genesis mm. was it was almost impossible to get enough of the word out there to get yeah, people to, to, even, so to even know yeah. that the game existed. So yeah. it's, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, even because I mean, I've got a, a sort of reasonable reach, not a massive one compared to like the people behind Avatar and stuff, but I've got a reasonable reach, but I find it hard to get the word out there. I mean, I've got mm-hmm. my own platform, but beyond that, I find it hard to get the word out there. Yeah. yeah. It is hard. Yeah. And you know, for some people, it's really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smaller creators especially are going to yeah. have a hard time. I suspect as well, because they're probably not going to get too much help from Backerkit. Because, uh, like, for Backerkit, it's like, we well, have got to make enough money to pay for our advertising. Well, now Backerkit do kind of specialise on on smaller creators. And, oh, yeah. You know, because Backerkit are the ones mm. that are going to d- generate mm. the, out- the reach, aren't mm-hmm. they? Rather than you okay. yourself doing it. What yeah. you're doing is you're making the product, back and generating the reach via Facebook ads. Yeah. Right. Well, we did, right. our, so we we did had, ours, we were in, in 2017, back and didn't do that yet. They were just, yeah, yeah it's new. Were just it the, is the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So I remember when back started doing it and this was mm-hmm. like, it was probably like two years ago. I think. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were really quite aggressively reaching out to creators. Like, like I was getting mm-hmm. phone calls from them and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. 
and yeah. you know saying um, this is what we can do I'm not entirely sure how they got my phone number to be honest I must have given it to them at some point <laughs> got it from somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, I mean, they're not doing that now. It's kind of turned around and you have to apply to them and they can say, they, they, they might say no, but at the mm-hmm. time it was very much, they were, yeah. they were building the business. Yeah. yeah trying yeah. to get a book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So million dollar Kickstarters, we kind of drifted off the subject there, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was saying there were going to be 15 of them next year. Like his treads continue. Well, we haven't gotten to the end of this year yet. We've had nine so far this year, but we've still Ooh. got a quarter of the year to go yet. That's very true. Yeah. And if they're happening every three weeks. Yeah. So every three weeks. So what's that? Another one, two, three, four, five. So we're doing another five this year, you reckon? You reckon? Maybe. So it might, um, it might be not, 14 by the end of the year. What, what, so what do you reckon? Rich? Wait three weeks. I mean, wait, wait three weeks before I start, before I launch my Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the message we're hoping you take away from us. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, traditionally, you just you kind of try to avoid the really big ones, didn't you? So, the, mm. you know, if you're launching a Kickstarter, you try and avoid the really big ones because they're going to kind of drown out your message yeah. a bit. But you can't, exactly. No? It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. They're just coming along, like yeah, one one, one in a decade waves are coming along every five minutes. You know? Yeah, <laughs> every weeks. Yeah, goodness. Still. I mean, they're yeah. overlapping. That is well, yeah. they did overlap at the start of the year. To be fair. Mm. And I think this uh, latest million dollar Kickstarter, Tenaries, mm. if that's right, that is not, uh, that's more D&D rather than uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. So That's D&D specifically. Yes, yes. So we haven't seen like two of the same, like genre isn't quite the right word. Like there's not been two D&D Kickstarters going simultaneously to make ludicrous sums of money. No, no I think Fixed. you're right. I don't think there have been yeah, yeah. yet at least. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It, it'll probably happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, wait, till, wait till we get to the point where there's three million dollar Kickstarters running at the same time. I was like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> what? Anyway, anyway we'll, we'll what, what happened faith. to the days when, when world players didn't have any money? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. What happens is they grew up and they became <laughs> middle-aged people. <laughs> With disposable income, but no time. It's what yeah, yeah. they exchange time for money. Is what happened. Uh, same old, same old. Yeah. And, and, then, and then people learn how to play on nostalgia, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There does seem to be a strong market out there for it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So last week we mentioned uh, Transformers, GI Joe, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they're coming from Renegade Game Studios and um, being yes. powered by the Essence Twenty system as we talked about last year, last, yeah, year, right. last week even. Um, <laughs> so we've now got a quick look at the covers of these things. Ooh. So I will give you a link so you can have a look at them yourself. There's like a Transformers cartoon on Netflix, which is like all updated and modern. And I'm like, wait, isn't this like the original series, but with better graphics? And largely, yes, apparently. Is that the anime like it's maybe it looks more like it's CGI mm. um, or like a computer drawn rather than what I would call anime, which is more like frames drawn by people. But this has definitely got like computer models moving around and doing stuff. Right. It right. looks really swish, gotta say. So we've got a look at all three covers. We've got G.I. Joe, we have got Power Rangers and we have got Transformers. 
Oh, goodness, that's a blast from the past. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They've got the Snake Eyes movie coming out. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Snake Eyes <laughs> being like this sort of ninja assassin uh, type who is apparently a good guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. know what any of that is. I've never seen G.I. Joe in my life. Oh, I, I, I watched G.I. Joe. I watched G.I. Joe religiously when I was a kid, but uh, that, that's, that Snake Eyes movie is not Snake Eyes. It's just kind of, you know. It's they just the, they just they just stamp the name on it and yeah. that doesn't <laughs> so, sound that doesn't so, sound like so something rich. Hollywood would do. It's, Rich, yeah. Rich you, you you can recognise some of these things. I reckon that's you got Snake Eyes, that Scarlet on there, mm-hmm. and there's some. Um, there's there's I, Cobra, I guess guys Cobra, from Cobra, Duke, yeah. there's Cobra Commander yeah. in the background, you know, Roadblock, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. and Snake Eyes, and uh, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I I. I I, I only recognise a couple of them because um, it wasn't so obviously as big over here. Although, little weird fact: my uh, uncle uh, used to work for a factory that produced them in Republic of Ireland. So I well, uh, always go. went over, and my my cousins constantly were taking off the limbs and replacing them onto uh, new ones. Mm. So I got too much of a look at the little bits of because uh, they used to be made of plastic tied together with uh, rubber. Right. Mm. Well, I had I, I had Action yeah. Man. Which was yeah, kind yeah, of like was... our equivalent of it, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, action action Force, wasn't it? Uh, action Man. Oh, fair enough. Might have um, been slightly before your time. That could be. Because yeah. you're so youthful. That's true. <laughs> 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 so anyway, scrolling down, so you've got the old uh, Power Rangers cover there as well, look. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Which has some people with helmets in bright colours. Oh, and um, Rita <laughs> Thingy with the hat. Reader Repulsive. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that, that's the hat you were talking about last that, week, is I, it? I, you know, it's like it's, it's a hat, but it's not like the full hat that I'm used to, which, quite frankly, is a semicircle of impressiveness. Right. I, I mean, Rich, you know I, what I'm talking about, right? I, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I actually, was, the reason why I was laughing, I, I, I used to. Um, I used to watch. I had a friend of mine who used to send me clips of the Japanese version. Right, oh, uh, you know, which is it's somewhat uh, different. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of funny. I I literally remember the uh, the the TV intro for the show because my my cousin and I used to make fun of it all the time. It, it's like you know, <laughs> Rita Repulsa wakes up from a hole and is like, after ten thousand years, I'm free. It's it's time to conquer Earth. Like she's making a cup of coffee, you know. And it's like, hashtag <laughs> 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 goals. Hashtag <laughs> yeah, goals. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm up now. I mean. I, I get up. I want to make myself some breakfast. But Rita, <laughs> she's got that hustle. She's got that grind. She's That's not right. afraid of nothing. She's going to get it on. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Good to me. <laughs> so anyway, finally, <laughs> finally, we've got the Transformers one there. And that Ooh. one I do recognise people on. I recognise Optimus Prime and Starscream and Bumblebee. Uh-huh. There hey. we go. So I know yes. some Star. I know some Transformers things. Uh, we've got Megatron lurking in the back. And, that, that jazz. Uh, jazz. Is that oh, Jazz? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Megatron. Yeah. 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 Is that Hound, do you reckon? I can't tell. They're quite anime-styled. I don't think so. Um, no, no, no. Some other dude, I don't know. And there is, uh, I presume from having robotic boobs, uh, a Lady Transformer, possibly a Decepticon, because she has a purple sword and therefore must be evil. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> yes. Have you not ever watched car? Oh, that's right. You don't watch cartoons, so you don't know about this. Okay. I did <laughs> used to watch Transformers, though, to be fair. Statistics, statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing the odds, man. Just play the odds. 
it's like kung fu movies. Like you have white beard, good. White hair, bad. Is that how it works? <laughs> Again, have you never watched any kung fu movies? <laughs> <laughs> it's not why you, you know, prefer genre, I suppose. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, these all look like um, role-playing game books. Well, there's also dice and dice bags and GM screens. Uh, yep. So there's lots of, like, associated stuff coming along yep. with it. Um, the card cover rule books are $55 each. And okay. I don't yep. know when they're actually coming out. I mean, they're available for pre-order now on um, on the website. Yep. So you can pre-order them now. But I don't know exactly when the release date is. No, fair enough. They, they might be going through the same printing woes that everyone else is going through. Well, oh. I heard something interesting about the Avatar one is the, oh, yeah. the Avatar Kickstarter guys, they've got so many print, having to print so much stuff now that there isn't enough cardboard in America. I'm Seriously. pretty sure there's enough cardboard in America. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what they're saying. They're running into the point where they, they're having trouble like printing companies yeah. physically don't have the materials just for that, that Kickstarter in the US. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, to be fair, you've got 80,000 books. No, more than 80,000 yeah, books. Yeah, because a lot of people are getting like, more than one book, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's multiple pledges. Yeah, it's just going to be like, well, we're yeah. like single-handedly, there's this, just this little, little bump in book production. Yeah. I swear, like, that's going to have, tables, that's gonna have a knock-on gonna have, effect, though, because other people are going to be able to print stuff as well because of that. So it's oh, going to be... I, I, Absolutely. So, yeah. like, you know, try to get books printed in America. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a hard time if you're out of it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, not, well, in the next few months, I think, not just the next couple of weeks. It's not. Yeah. Uh, and the distribution, the logistics of getting all these books out to all these backers. I mean, even if they choose something amazing like a point not 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 one percent error rate, that's still like I don't know eighty odd people that are just gonna have the wrong stuff delivered to them. Mm. I'm in this photo yeah. and I don't like it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Richard. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. Didn't mean to dig at this trauma for you. I, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right. What other news items do we have? Fair well, I, I do have some news about the Lancer RPG. Ooh. So that funded. Is it about the Lancer RPG or is it about something else? Just put the Lancer RPG. Okay, in which case, I, I also have news related to Lancer, but not actually about Lancer. Please um, So the Lancer RPG Kickstarter funded, what, a couple of years ago, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but they're still fulfilling stretch goals on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tom Parkinson Morgan, or Abaddon, mm-hmm. and uh, Miguel Lopez have mm-hmm. announced that they are going to pause production or pause development on some of the stretch goals. Mm, yes. Um, so they've cited COVID. Yes. Uh, work and family commitments. Also, the fact that um, one of them is making a comic book full time, and the yes. other one has recently gotten a job at Wizards of the Coast full time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they kind of stretch thin, and there's only two people. It's a two person studio. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've considered various options, like ups bringing in extra help and you know things like that. Hmm. But they've decided what they're going to do is they're going to pause production mm-hmm. on the stretch goals yeah. and kind of finish them. I mean, they're still going to produce them, but they're going to produce mm-hmm. them in their own time rather than okay. on this rigid kind of Kickstarter schedule, which was originally um, 
originally sort of uh, put forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is happening. So um, everyone's still going to get the stuff. Yes, it's not they're not going to get the stuff. But um, yeah, so they're they're doing that. Is what the news is. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, because I this is news to me. Um, I just watched the trailer for um, Icon, which is by Tom Parker Morganson and is the um, sort of anime fantasy manga esque. Uh, role-playing game, which has a lot of narrative, but also some crunchy tactical combat mm. that uh, is currently in alpha at the moment. Mm. Uh, Paz with a lot of his stuff, it's free to play test. So okay. if uh, I, I, when I when I looked at it, it's not the same as Exalted, but that is very much the if you enjoyed playing Exalted or you'd like to play Exalted, uh, but you have been put off by the fairly crunchy rule system. Uh, I do realise they have bought out something. This might be something that you could also vibe with quite happily hmm. because the Lancer system does offer crunchy tactical combat and is, it, it, they say basically it's very similar. So, you know, that, hmm. that's what I'm watching with interest. Okay. Well, the, yeah. I've, just, I've just got it here. The, the three items that they're suspending development on for the moment are the Field Guide to Harrison Armory, Field Guide to the Aeon Orm Ecumene. 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 <laughs> You're laughing at me. <laughs> just I didn't know how to say it either. A-U-N is the first word, okay. and E-C-U-M-E-N-E is the second word. How would you say that? Um, on, uh, what was the second word? E-C-U-M-E-N-E. Oh, the Orm Ecumene. Something like that. Orm Ecumene. Okay, I'll go with that. And part two of the No Room for a Wallflower campaign. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you I'm mentioned Exalted a minute ago, Peter. Yes. So did you know there is going to be a TV show of what? that? And not only of Exalted, there's also going to be one of Blades in the Dark. Two what? RPGs are getting TV shows. Oh, what? What? I... I Sorry, I'm just producing sputtering <laughs> comprehension. Hi, <laughs> the perfect podcast material. <laughs> All right, so Blades in the Dark, as, as you obviously yes. know, is like a dark fantasy game about yes. sort of the underworld and heists and stuff. Yeah, yeah, set in a demon-infested city where you and your gang have to come up with clever ways to do things uh, whilst also blowing off stress. It's mm. uh, brought us a lot of very interesting, very powerful mechanics mm. to back it up. And yeah, part of the modern narrative story chain. Yeah. Storytelling game stream. So, so there's a TV show. It's been developed by a production yes. company called Warp Films. Yes. And they produce This Is England. If you're familiar with that series. Oh, okay. No, I'm I've never seen it, but um, no. This Is England 86, apparently, uh, is the one they did. Um, okay. And they also did the film adaption of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which is an LGBTQ plus musical. Again, I'm not familiar with it. No, no. um, Please news to me. But but, anyway, that's what they've done. If you've heard them, you'll probably like go, oh, wow, that's really cool. So, (laughs) yeah. 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 So, they're they're the, uh, so it's a UK company. UK Mm -hmm. um, production company is producing the TV show. Okay. Blades in the Dark. That sounds actually quite good, really. Um, I think there's a certain amount of uh, grimness, and um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I think British people would be good at petty crime <laughs> or producing stories about petty crime. I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. Just, just, just. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a bit. Maybe it's like Peaky Blinders or something. They've got mm. that sort of vibe going on. Who can say? But that yeah. sounds a uh, Peaky Blinders, but 
in a more fantasy genre. Okay, I can see okay. that being quite a good sales pitch in a meeting. Yeah. But you're a fan of Blades in the Dark, aren't you? As I recall. Like, in as much as one can be a fan of a game that one has not played. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, Louis Gian ran um, an absolutely fantastic, what's it, Scum and Villainy, which is the uh, Star Wars hack of yeah. Blades in the Dark. So that's as close as I got. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I got that yeah. <laughs> if you if played it, Rich, Blades in the Dark? I have not. No, I haven't either. No. Ah. Yeah. I think I, I should. It's got, it's, play games, it I, I don't say that. It's time for that. <laughs> the list of yeah, games I haven't crazy. played is very, very long, to be fair. Yeah. It's just like, a, the, the reason I'm very fond of it is because it's got a lot of ideas which you can take and apply to almost any other game, and that would improve the game. Things like fronts and clocks. All solid ideas, which you can use elsewhere. Mm. Okay, this is an interesting bit of news. Mm. So, Wizards of the Coast's latest marketing scheme. Oh, yes. They are sponsoring, via Magic the Gathering, not D&D, but they are sponsoring. So, Magic mm. the Gathering logos will be appearing on the training wear of a football team. <laughs> oh. Leighton okay. Orient FC. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> which is an East London football club, yeah. dating back to 1881. Mm-hmm. Um, this, if I had to look all this up, I do not want to do a So they complete, it's okay. <laughs> they complete in the EFL League Two, which is like the lowest division, I understand. The English Football League, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So League, League Two of it. It's, a four, it's basically the fourth division of English football. After That's the why Premiership. League two. Yeah. The Premiership, yeah. the Championship, then the EFL Leagues One and Two. Is that right? I don't yeah, know. sure. Why yeah. not? You don't know either. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <I don't laughs> <know. laughs> What about me says knows anything about football? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I knew I shouldn't have worn this after. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway. You know, if, if you don't know, I definitely know. <laughs> no. It's okay. You get a pass, Rich. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, they're going to have Magic the Gathering yes. logos on their training wear. Is, 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 is what's happening there. Which yes. is interesting, I guess. Against the nerd jock dichotomy. Yeah. Which I'm all for. Well, I think, yes. it's, I think it's a pretty small team. I'm not... Really sure. I mean, there's quite a lot of London football clubs, aren't there? There's you know, a fair few, yeah. but like Leighton Orient is one you've heard of. And who knows, perhaps with this mad magic gathering money, perhaps they'll uh, start getting a boost in numbers. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know either. It's like, it's not the most obvious crossover appeal, i got to say, but there you are. Yeah, but then you, when you look at the logos and the brand names that are on the um, shirts of football players... There's always some, there's often some like weird ones, just like totally random that you wouldn't really associate with sport. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're, you're assuming I've watched much more football than I actually have. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, we, we literally just had like the World Cup, and I was like, I watched the last game of that. So, yeah. Mm. Didn't watch any of these starting ones. So. You can kind of do this, this six degrees thing where. It's like, you know, sports people, uh, they collect trading cards, right? So Magic Gathering trading cards. I guess so. Yeah, I you, guess. you know what, actually? That is a really good shout. Maybe that is something to it. It's like, yeah. Like, you know, it's like these uh, trading album stickers. And that, that way, they <laughs> create a lifetime of cardboard crap lies. I'll tell you what I do find quite amusing is, you know, you know whenever you get these, t- these things, then each party to it will make a statement about how fantastic it is to be working with the other one and why they're such a good fit and stuff. Yes. So basically, you're sitting there thinking, what is, what, what, why is Magic the Gathering a good fit for a English football club? 
Yeah. And so um, I've just looked at their perfect partnership statement. So from Wizards of the Coast, we've got Brian Trunk, and he says, We are so excited for Magic the Gathering to be venturing into the realm of football this evening. Leighton Orient is an ambitious and exciting club and a fantastic match for our drive to always push the boundaries to deliver the highest quality entertainment to our fans. I'm sorry, I completely zoned out. But I just let the words wash over me. Like, yeah, nice. So, so this is what Leighton Orient says. So this is Josh Stevens at Leighton Orient. It's their head yes. of commercial. And he said, yeah. we are thrilled to be working with Magic the Gathering this season with strategy, mm-hmm. logic, and dedication being integral parts in both Magic and Leighton Orient gameplay. The partnership really is the perfect fit. Oh, I mean... Props to the man. I mean, that, he, he he didn't just resort to like just filling the air with white noise. So yeah, good work. I I don't know. I suddenly <laughs> had this image of the team running out with like tunics and like chainmail shirts and, and <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I've got to say, if your defense actually has halberds, then that's that's mm. going to probably be a probably going to be a red card. <laughs> but we were mentioning last week about how Magic the Gathering's having Lord of the Rings, but not just Lord of the Rings, some other stuff as well. Um, some non-fantasy stuff. I can't remember offhand what they were. Non-fantasy was, stuff? Was that like Street Fighter or something? I can't remember what it was. It was something odd. Oh, okay. Some, uh, uh, some, some, some things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with Magic the Gathering. So, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to broaden the... Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you always run the risk of like alienating your core audience by attempting to brawl it out like that. But, mm. yeah, fair enough. We'll have to wait and see. I guess we will. Yes. Yeah. Right. Let's have a look and see if I can find... So, oh, yeah, you know, I mentioned Blaze in the Dark TV show. There was also the Exalted one, which I kind of got glossed over a little bit there, didn't I? I know. I've I'm, I'm, got to say, I'm actually a lot more excited about that one because mm. that promises all sorts of wuxia and kung fu shenanigans. Yeah. And quite frankly, I have a lot of time for that. So, it's been produced by Jenkins and Tate Entertainment. Okay. Who are also working on an upcoming TV show based on Scion, a White Wolf property. Okay. Um, and so this Exalted is set 800... Uh, you'll, you'll probably know the, the backstory on this more than me then. So it's set 800 years after the fall mm. of the Solar Exalted. With the Scarlet yeah. Empress missing, those in the know believe the saviour of the realm will not return. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. That's... um, uh, What's that? Second edition? Sounds like. Um, I haven't... I've got third edition, but I haven't cracked open the PDF to right, look at right. it. But yeah, no, um, yeah, sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so much fantasy stuff being made on TV these days. I mean, we've got what's um, what's, mm. uh, what's the trailer of um, Wheel of Time? Wheel of Time, is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, Wheel of Time. Ooh. Yeah, and uh. and then we've got Lord of the Rings coming next year. Oh yes, yes, they're actually, but that's not the books. It's a sort of supporting. It's like a, yeah, it's like hundreds of years before the Hobbit. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so Second Age or something. There's different ages in the... I can't remember which is which. The Second, second Age? Or, I don't know. You'd have to read the Silver Age, or something. An age, which is not the same age, the, the Hobbit. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And, and it's also, apparently, the most expensive TV show ever made, Lord of the Rings. Wow. Really? Okay. Um, somebody should probably watch it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw I that, think they do. It's all that Amazon money, all that money that Jeff Bezos has to throw into space. He also has to make <laughs> Lord of the Rings TV shows. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, let's talk about let's talk about Paizo, shall we? Oh yes, let's. So we've got oh, yeah. some good news and some bad news with Paizo. Which would you like first? Oh. 
Uh, what's the bad news? All right. So Adam Daigle, who is Paizo's director of game development, mm-hmm. is in hospital. At the oh no! So there's a GoFundMe page for mm-hmm. him. Yep. Uh, and so in August, he and a few friends um, set out on a drive across the US to attend a family memorial. And there was a combination of health and stress and various things, which meant he ended up having a seizure and sustaining various injuries. Oh, oh God. He was rushed to hospital. He spent nearly a week, you know, in emergency care. Wow. So, I mean, he's okay now. He's on the mend now. Yeah. Um, but it's not great. And as you know, in the oh, US. Yes. He's obviously got huge medical bills. An ambulance yeah. ride and an x-ray costs you like your mortgage or something, yeah. as I understand it. Yeah. Cracking. So, um, yeah. So there's a GoFundMe page being right, right. organized by BJ Hensley. Mm-hmm. And so if you can spare anything, mm. and we'll stick the link in the show notes, head on over and just you know, maybe drop a little bit just to help with those medical expenses. Yeah. yeah. Good. So that's the bad news. Yeah. There is some good news in that there's a whole yeah. load of stuff that Paizo posted about upcoming releases and stuff. Okay. Because as you know, Paizo yeah. releases 423 items a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time I finished, by the time hey, I finished hey, reading out this release, uh, yeah. by the time I finish reading just... out this list, then uh, there'll be another list. Of... <laughs> so one hour adventure path. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so what we got? So we got a bunch of. They posted a bunch of stuff on their blog, which is a bunch of updates on the Secrets of Magic source book. Yes. Um, which um, we heard a little bit about. Was it last week or the week before? Yeah, it was, it was last, last week. week. It was yeah. Last week. I'm yeah. losing track of time now. I don't know. Yes. Uh, we know. <laughs> Kickstarter was 2009, not 2019. Yeah. We can do this. <laughs> uh, you've got the second entry in the Strength of Thousands, Strength of Thousands adventure path, which is called Spoken on the Song Wind. Exciting. There's a preview of the Starfinder Tech Revolution source book, which is coming out this month. Ooh. And that's got a new class, new rules for mech combat, and new items. Mm. There's... Uh, Video game Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous from Alcat Games is now available. Yeah. On yeah. various platforms Steam, um, uh, Good Old Games, GOG. Do you say Good Old Games or do you say GOG? Uh, both. Both. Okay. And available for PC and Mac and PlayStation 4 and Xbox One coming next spring. Yes, which is using the first edition rules. Yes, yeah. So yeah. If you're a fan of 3.5 Dungeons Dragons, that could be a good game to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, finally, if you're a trip streamer, there's some new free overlays for Pathfinder and Starfinder you can use. Mm, nice. Hmm. Awesome. So that's the Pathfinder news. I think we might be done. Um, our <laughs> Talsorian Games has pulled out of Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Okay. Due to COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, they're not the only company that have done that. Plenty of companies yeah. are not going to Gen Con this year. Paizo's not. Catalyst Game Labs mm-hmm. is not. Mm-hmm. Loads, loads of loads. How dare Alex Entertainment is not? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not, but that's uh, not. Well, that was less. To, to, to be fair, to be fair, Ian purposely not making it to Gen Con is less of an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're like, yeah. it's a long way. Yeah, yeah. but there is going to be. I mean, Gen Con's coming. When? When is it exactly? It's really soon now, isn't it? Like I, I'd thought it'd been and gone. No, it's in the next two or three. It's next two or three weeks now. Yeah. I can't remember the exact date. Oh. But there's going to be yeah, a big online component to it this year. So yeah. if you can't go, they've got a whole lot of stuff going on. That's, that's good. Yeah. Be a chance for people to uh, at least socialise a bit and talk. And I'm assuming uh, in the weeks following it, we'll have a bunch of RPG news to talk about. Yeah. 
Um, oh, uh, something that popped up from the darkest recesses of the OSR is um, Stars Without Number is getting a... Hardcover. Um, a, yeah, a hardcover. Yes, it's getting a, a reprint of the hardcover. Uh, so that is quite good. I'm a big fan of the um, Synomine Press work. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. Hi. Kevin Crawford's um, sort of thing, because I've managed to get the Worlds Without Number hardback, so I'm like, wow, yeah. might as well. It's like, I got a quiz, quick quiz for you, quick question. Guess what yes. has 4,200 followers exactly right at this very moment? Mm, is it your Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Did you right, did you right. Yay. So did we, did we mention the pre-launch page for Level Up? Like, I can't remember when it actually launched. Was, or was it during the week that that launched? Mm, I think it was during the week. Okay. I don't think you... You can take the opportunity to officially announce it now. So, yeah. So the pre-launch page for the Kickstarter is yes. up and you can go along yes. there and you can hit the notify me on launch button and then Kickstarter mm. will let you know when the level up advanced fifth edition Kickstarter launches. Yes. And so far, 4,200 people have done exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, which, which day is it coming out, Russ? October the 4th. 5th. 5th. October the 5th. Which is wow, a Tuesday. you are so <laughs> not the wrong time today. Wow. October wow. the 5th. Tuesday, October <laughs> the 5th. Right. I think we finished okay. the news, which means we can probably move on to our favourite game in all the world. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. A game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. There you go. Now we've had the rules recap as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't need to explain it because both of you have played it before. So should we just jump straight into it? Yes, go on. Nothing like jumping straight into it. What could go wrong? Who would like to go first? <laughs> uh, yes. um, uh, shall, shall I go first is, or would you like to? Is, is there is there Japanese music this time? Is there? Okay. <laughs> well, well, when you listen to this podcast when it comes out on Saturday, you'll be treated to the full... Uh. The full opening intro <laughs> for this, which I've got to say is still one of my favourite bits of music in this podcast. Is it now? <laughs> yeah. I, what are what, what, what the two I'll bits be... of music? <laughs> I'm still glad the last, the, last, the last time I the last time I did do this was a little over a year ago, so I'm a little. Uh, oh, well, well I'll, I'll go first. And, do you need a refresher? That will help yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so, Peter, you go first. So, Peter. Yes. What is the price of coal? Oh. Um, I think it's like... There are some good ones this week, actually. Some fun five titles. pounds a sack? Wait, no, this was a Kickstarter. Right, mm. oh, now we're asking. Um, I think this is going to be a Kickstarter... Yeah, let's go literal. It's a Kickstarter about the price of coal. It's going to be about miners. Um, that's the people who go and hack things out of the ground, as opposed to children, unless it's one of those games which is set back in the past and it was children that are going back into the ground hacking. Okay. Anyway, sorry, uh, I digress. Not minor miners, but actual miners. What? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be like a storytelling game because I realise D&D is extremely popular for doing all sorts of things, but there are some things that maybe you shouldn't do with D&D and a story... Yeah, I think it's a storytelling game. I think it's like... um, Try to do like a historical thing, like because we've had a couple of those in the past where it's like... You know, 
experience what it is. It's almost like it's sort of a documentary, but you're actually role-playing rather than just passively watching. So, yeah. Um, say um, an original system or fairly simple system. And I don't know. I'd like it to be about English miners, but I think it's probably about American ones, probably in the, uh, I want to say Appalachians, but I don't, can't remember if that's proper coal mining country or not. Wow. How's that? Hmm. That is an oddly specific guess. And it's is it right? oddly accurate that. down to the last detail. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually noticed when I was like, oh, well, okay. That is yeah. exactly, exactly what it is. So it's, it's a bloody good name then. <laughs> so it's uh, the early what 1920s. Yes. Miners in okay. West Virginia fighting battles mm. for better working conditions and the right mm. to unionize. Okay, cool. Um, so you play miners and their family and friends. Uh, and using card prompts, you tell the story of why your character joined the insurrection and what they hope to gain, culminating in the real-world Battle of Blair Mountain. Okay. Uh, so this was a decisive confrontation of the rebellion 100 years ago this year. Already. So, uh, I, I don't know what to say, Peter. You got it exactly right. You didn't get a single... To even it's an original system, like you said. It's everything you said, exactly, to the, to the dot. So, a million points. I cannot not give you a million points. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, um, stop clock twice, twice <laughs> yeah. a day, me once a year. <laughs> yeah. so, so this has uh, a week to go. Uh, it had a $16,000 goal. It's on 19000 at the moment, so it's funded. Mm. And it looks pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Right then, Rich. Mm. Yep. Are you ready? There's still sure. everything to play for, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. Which people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, you got me in front. It's like, no, there is everything to play for. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a good, this is a good week for names. So, so the new, the new edition of Exalted, I know Right then, are we ready? Yeah. What um, is picaresque Roman? <laughs> I told you it was a good week for names. Oh, my goodness. That's his name. Uh, are these also? These are all Kickstarters. These are all Kickstarters for RPGs or RPG-related. Okay. Uh, Picker. I know it's a hard one. Yeah. Well, I thought the previous one was going to be hard, and Peter got a million points and got it exactly. Oh, so I, yeah. I, 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 I was I was literally reading all about the price of coal yesterday. So, <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish I went first. <laughs> uh, but they have to declare that you read about it. Yes. Yes. This is true. This is true. This is true. Uh, yeah. Of which of which of this I have read nothing about. Uh, uh, I, but I, I will am... say it might be Roman rather than Roman. Okay. But maybe maybe I'm just misleading you with my own assumptions. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that just that just makes the situation worse. Well, it's, it's certainly <laughs> oh, R O it is certainly R O M A N. I'll say that. Yeah. Picaresque Roman. Is it like a? Um, I'm not even. I, I can't even fathom a guess at this at this at this point. I'll I'll take the zero. If, if it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. it's, uh, it's it's uh is it like a like a storytelling kind of uh, game? Like a uh, maybe it sounds sounds like the name of, of something that would be rules light. <laughs> and, so, okay. And, I'll, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop torturing you. You can stop floundering yes, in there. I'll tell you I'll what it is. It I'll is a it. Japanese anime tabletop role playing game. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have got that either. Huh. I wouldn't have had a. That so it does not sound like an anime game at all. But yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's the fifth edition of this game. It's Japanese RPG. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> this is the uh, English version of it. 
Uh, and each okay. person takes the role of a rogue in the city, each hunting the same VIP target, planning to steal from the whale for themselves. Huh. It's an original system. You should have just said Shadow. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it was something like, um, uh, well, like a picaresque is something like Don Quixote or something, where it's like lots of different, mm. very episodic style to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't um, understand the title, to be honest, but... Oh. That's, if I read if I read more of it, I would. Uh, one interesting thing about this is uh, there's a traitor mechanic as well. One of the PCs is working oh. for the target. Oh, okay. And I always do enjoy traitor mechanics in games. Ooh. I find them fun. I'm going to imagine that the title is probably based off of, of some form of, of a manga or you know maybe maybe some yeah. story that's already existing so that they made a role playing game out of. That's have a look. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of a romance. I'm just calling out so, the yeah. Kickstarter page to see if it actually explains that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the translation. Picaresque Roman is the English translation of the Japanese name. Fair enough. I don't, so I, I'm maybe, skimming through this page. It's got a lot of information. Maybe, maybe they just took the name, borrowed it, turned it into Japanese, and now it's like getting big enough that they're taking it back. Yeah. I know that sometimes happens. Like, I, I mean, we like English is not a language that can throw any stones <laughs> in that regard. It's like, oh, you have a, that's a cool name you've got over there. Mm. Shame if something were to happen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, that's what that is. So, uh, well, Rich, sorry, um, no points there. That does mean oh, Peter come is on, winning. Storytelling game. All right, one point. Getting <laughs> a storytelling game. So yeah. Peter's got a million points. Rich has one. Everything to play for. Everything I'll to take play. it. Yeah. Okay then. One more each then. So, yes, Peter. Yes. What is stingers and spores? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it sounds kind of awesome. Uh, stingers and spores. I'm hoping this is. I think we had a Kickstarter a couple of weeks ago, which was about like tiny wee people doing stuff to fight off a fungus. So I think this is like probably something in a similar fashion where you've got like the insect people, you've got the mushroom people, and we're, we're like delving into the setting where they are uh, at war against each other because I don't know, reasons, uh, wasps and fungi don't get along, say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and what the hell it's a it's a D&D setting yeah uh, we can look at you can play several different kinds of wasp and or bee because that's very important um uh, as well as like the opposing uh, myconid or mushroom factions and you're exploring that world but all on the microscopic scale how about that hmm. I'll give you five points out of ten for that oh nice so it's for Savage Worlds not D&D mm. yeah uh, insects have inherited the earth and built insect mm. civilizations. And you play as one of 14 different insect archetypes. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So influences a bug's life, honey, I shrunk the kids or the atom. Oh. Okay. Yep. Sure. And this is from Twitcher, uh, Twitchy Butcher Studios. Twitchy Butcher Studios. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to see if there's a list. Oh, here we go. So you can play. A field cricket, a locust, a cicada, a housefly, a mosquito, a midge, a brush-footed butterfly, a lunar moth, a peppered moth. Yeah, so you can just play a whole bunch of different insects and insect-like things. Flappy and flying. Mm. Okay. But where's the spores part come in? Uh, I don't know. The, the environment, I guess. There's also goliath yeah, beetles and gnats. Uh, okay. Uh, <coughs> So, so if you're a fan of Asian Tchaikovsky Shadows of the Axe, so, uh, so Spores the looks like it comes for. in, that's kind of like in the locations and stuff. So, so Stingers and Spores right. isn't just a bug simulator. 
The insect kingdoms are full of magic, political intrigue, and adventure, and the world is teeming with the unique locations and characters. So mm. I think you'll find mm. that's where that will come from. The spores is your dungeons and your Dungeons and Dragons. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's funded. It's got 19 days to to go. Um, It had a $2,500 goal. It's done just over 5,000 so far. Oh, jolly good. So, Peter, you are now on 1,005 points. That's true. To Rich's one point. And we're on the last one for Rich. Are you ready, Rich? All you need to do is score 1,004 points. You see? Has anyone done that before? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you scored over a million points before yeah, yeah. Okay. like last time we played well, I can't remember okay no, go on. So the, you got this we're, this one is cool I, I, I actually don't remember doing this with you last time so <laughs> what you should do we, just we, for your we, own we, entertainment is just go back and listen to the previous episode <laughs> so, I've wiped that from my memory it was such a bad experience <laughs> oh, oh. I played this suppressing it we just need to go back and see who won. Hmm. Anyway, this one is called "Good Little Children Never Grow Up." Oh, oh wow! Uh, well, that is uh, "Good Little Children Never Grow Up." I'm going to go with a a, a very um, modern take on on a Peter Pan-esque like superhero kind of kind of game where you know you have uh i guess uh, children that are uh you know heroes of their own story and they you know use powers and it, it, it definitely definitely feels like something that that you would put in in like a modern setting um, i do i do agree and, it does sound like it's kind of peter panny kind of doesn't it yeah um it's it not though what this is is an adventure in which you have to rescue Kidnapped children from haunted orphanage. Oh, okay. And this adventure is for a bunch of different systems. It's for 5e, it's for Pathfinder 2e, and it's for Savage Worlds. Ah. Wait, Pathfinder 2nd Edition and Savage Worlds? Yes. That is quite quite the span of crunch that they're in there. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a Savage Worlds Pathfinder Edition these days, so... That's very Interesting, they're yeah. not doing it for Savage Worlds well, Pathfinder Edition, given... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know. Anyway, well, if, um, if it's an adventure, if it's an adventure, you can you can write adventures for yeah, pretty much a lot of things. that's true. Uh, so this has two weeks left to go. It had yes. a, an eighty eight hundred dollar goal, and mm-hmm. it's currently at just over a thousand dollars. So it's funded with two weeks to go. Oh, an eight hundred eighty dollar goal. Hmm? Eight hundred dollar goal. Eight hundred. Eight hundred dollar. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, it looks like, Peter, you are the winner again. I think you're on a bit of a streak recently. I I said kids. That's not worth a million points. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. It's worth a million points. It's worth a million and four points. (laughs) I mean, it had kids in the title. (laughs) Repeating the title. (laughs) So so it's a draw. Excellent. So, <laughs> I'll just out of those four Kickstarters, I thought, this is something yeah. I wanted to start doing each week. What would be your choice mm. of Kickstarter? Which is the one you would be most likely to back? Oh, oh no, it's a difficult call. I, I don't know. Um, I don't like to be negative about other people's work, um, with the exception of uh, Wonderfiled. <laughs> I mean, like their work all day, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, oh, don't know. Um, like. Uh, 
maybe picaresque romance. That's the one I go for. I like the look of that. That's the one yeah. I go for too. Yeah, same. That looks yeah. fun. As a as a as a, as an anime fan, you know you can't look away from that. Yeah, I I I have run at conventions like you know just pre-gen to actual thing a whole improvised heist mm. uh, for different groups so I do like a good heist yeah and I love a good is... traitor mechanic as well yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah pawn to rook four there take that oh you blighter my queen recoils in surprise and readies in action well that's quite poetic for chess well she's got a fireball ready to cast when your knight comes within range what are you talking about Never mind. Anyway, my warlock uses Misty Step to move over to this one. Your what? Uh, this guy right here, my warlock. Uh, that's your bishop? You can tell by the pointy hat thing. No, that's my warlock. That one over there is my cleric. Mm, they are both bishops. Ah, bishop's just a fancy word for cleric. And who needs two clerics in the party? Yeah, fine, fine, fine. It's a, it's a warlock. Call it what you want. But it cannot move over there. Totally can. Look, it has Misty Step in its step lock. Mm, bishops Warlocks Can only move diagonally uh, Yes, but Misty Step is a teleportation effect Just doesn't have teleportation effects Well, in that case, how did your knight get from there to there? What did he do? Jump over the other pieces? He didn't do anything He's a chess piece The knight has a very specific L-shaped move What is it with you with these weird moves? What weird moves? Well, clerics who can only move diagonally Knights who can only move in L-shapes It makes no sense Look, are we going to play chess or what? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So my knight is going to charge your front line with a mighty holy smite. Your knight can't charge anywhere. Like I said, he can only move in L shapes. Your knight might only be able to move in L shapes. Mine can charge with a holy smite. This is ridiculous. If you're not going to take this game seriously, I'm not playing. Uh, Just taking your born and going home when the going gets tough, eh? Thought you were made of sterner stuff than that. This has nothing to do with the going getting tough, and everything to do with the patently ridiculous way you are trying to play chess. So you concede? What? No. I can't concede a game we're not even playing. Looks like a concession to me. Victory is mine! Fine, fine. I'll play through to this charade. Okay. You'll have to roll for initiative again. Roll for... Ugh, whatever. I got a 17. Ah, well played. That means it's your turn. My king summons a big dragon. Oh, bringing out the big guns, are we? Well, we'll see about that. My other knight here has a dragon lance, and he slays your dragon with a single blow. Oh, so you thought. But he only attacked an illusory dragon. The real dragon is right behind him and swallows him whole. Ah, you're better at chess than I thought. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. 
probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash Morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash Morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. So, Rich, you are here because you've recently released the Master Technician's Guide for your 5th edition powered sci-fi role-playing game, Esper Genesis, the game of which I am, as I keep saying, very jealous and which I'd made. <laughs> That's right. You wish you were, you wish you were as cool as I Rich. I wish I was yeah. as cool as Rich. In my <laughs> oh, dreams. Yeah. In my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it comes after we've got the fantastic core manual, the Threats database, and now finally we have the much older, the much, the, e- I gotta say, frothingly, eagerly anticipated Master Technician's Guide. Yeah. I mean... Well, before we yeah. before we talk about that, should we just, like, remind listeners who maybe didn't hear the previous episode what Esper Genesis is, and then just to give it a bit of context, and then we'll talk about this book specifically. Sure. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, Rich, tell us, what is an Esper Genesis, and where can I get one? Uh, an Esper Genesis? <laughs> so then, you know. <laughs> Apparently in the game, but... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so uh yes esper genesis is a uh it's it's a sci-fi rule system it is powered by uh dnd fifth edition that that was obviously (laughs) no previously said uh it's Mm -hmm. it it, it's its own standalone game so i mean you don't need Mm. dnd to Mm. play esper genesis you can you know uh, just the three core books is what you need uh the first book uh has its own uh has its own setting has its own uh pre-adapted setting with its own character races. The character classes, some of them are, actually, uh, quite a bit of them are, are adapted from uh, 5e, from uh, D&D 5e. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot so, of tweaks so, in them. Yeah, they, yeah fair, which... there are, at the at the same time, you know, we, we pulled from the SRD material, and then we did our changes to reflect an actual sci-fi game. There's a lot of fantasy elements that just don't mm. lend into yeah, sci-fi. Yeah. So... You know they they aren't exactly uh, direct ports. Then there there is a uh, there's a unique class the the adept kind of like yeah. a psionicist that we made, and most of the subclasses are all uh, brand new. They're all sci-fi themed and and uh, and connected to the uh, uh, you know the character races are all unique and they're all new as well. I really liked what you did with some of the subclasses, like say the commando, which um, I think might be best described as the battle master fighter's better looking cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like it's like the Battle Master, but it's a strict upgrade, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dirty fighting and grenades and, and all that all that you know. Mm. And you're not limited so, to you just know oh you only know three maneuvers. You're like, no, you you, you know all of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can use do all of it. Some of it, but you know all of it. And it's like, oh yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So unlike Starfinder, which is oh. like fantasy and sci-fi kind of mashed together yeah. with um Esper Genesis is kind of strictly sci-fi yeah, isn't it? yeah. uh it is uh, it's, with, with it's very ranks. yeah the inspiration for the game came from a lot of different sci-fi sources yeah mm. so they're all yeah, they're yeah. all they're all mashed together uh, you can you can obviously yeah. see a lot of uh you know influence from mass effect and star wars and mm-hmm. you know fantasy star which was like my favorite like you know sega yeah. role-playing game and like i mm-hmm. yeah, i took i took all those things firefly and a lot of books that i read and and yeah. basically all my favorite elements from those and i sort of mashed them together into yeah. a thing yeah. because 
unlike fantasy. Fantasy kind of has its 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 own thing, Turns. right? There's there's yeah, elves and dwarves yeah. and swords and knights and, and and no matter which fantasy you go with, that's kind of what you go with. Sci-fi is a yeah. whole different breed. Mm. And and yeah. so you have to you have to look at it from the angle of well which yeah. way am I going to go with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean you know you can, you can go. I mean I suppose you can with fantasy as well. But when you the, the division between hard and soft uh, and spe- uh, sci-fi like yeah. uh, Star Wars is so different. To, I don't know, like Star Foundation Trek. or something, yeah. or Foundation or June. Yeah, these are all like yeah. wildly different, and they all come under the umbrella of sci-fi, which like wow. Well, speaking of Dune, like things like the personal defense shield that has a very Dune esque vibe to me. So it's mm-hmm. in my head, it's just going to be like someone puts on their personal defense shield. When it activates, you get like a big old um, perspex block appear <laughs> around mm. your head and body, uh, which <laughs> yeah, partially where it came from, actually. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, what 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 does the name Espergenesis mean? When does that oh, come? Well, so the I mean, it, may, 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 may I take a punt at this, Rick? Espergenesis, it's like, where the espers come from? Where the people with the ESP comes from? I mean, that, that that's what I'm taking away from it. I don't know. Do you, is that, is that what you meant to? That's close. That's, that's, uh, so the, the, the set, the setting itself has, has these, um, moon, these moon shaped, uh, artifacts that, that are, uh, in the galaxy yeah. called, uh, called crucibles. Yeah. yeah. And they, Harvest this infinite energy source from the crucibles to power, you know, mm-hmm. ships and and uh, yeah. I remember talking and, about this too. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no one actually really understood, you know, mm. just 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 like just like you know, humans and what we do, we take over things we don't understand. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and well, we're getting some energy out of it. How about we take two, strap them together, and call it an energy, yeah. call it good? Yeah. I was like, I was like, every other species in the galaxy, they must do the same thing, right? So they, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we harvest all this power, and it basically becomes part of society. And mm-hmm. over a few generations, beings like living beings actually start to resonate with the power that's coming from the crucibles, and they start to do strange things: control gravity, mm-hmm. control light. You know, you know, being able to convert one element for another, and these these are these are called espers, and the process that they go through when they awaken is called espergenesis, and that's mm. that's where the, the name of the game came from. So we got the core rule book, which is the espergenesis book. You've yeah. got a threats database, mm. which is monster mm-hmm. stuff, and then the book that's just come out, yes. the Master Technician's Guide. This is all about equipment, weapons, armor, spaceships, cybernetics, yep. vehicles, yeah. all all that. Sci-fi goodness. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I got to say, one of the things that maybe people might overlook is the fact that because it is essentially using the fifth dead power thing, it is compatible with a lot of things like, say, monsters. Yep. So, if you're like, I need something horrible to creep alongside the underbelly of the ship, you have oozes, jellies, gelatinous cubes that are all right there. Or you're, we want to be like. Actually, it would be really funny if they jumped down this uh, like disposal chute and got into a fight with some sort of like eyed creature with a bunch of tentacles, and you've got the Otyug, um, uh, which in itself comes from Star Wars, just completing the circle. Um, yeah. like, oh. When you can just when you can just nuke the Tarask from orbit, that's the only way to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> then, then it's like, yeah, okay, great. Now we've got a giant irradiated Tarask, and it's super annoyed at us. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. <laughs> so why we, we, <laughs> took, we actually took some of the creatures in the in the threats database if they were mm-hmm. ridiculous enough, and we gave them starship stats. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, nice. you want to attack us with your ship? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Have fun. laughs> 
<laughs> so, so I mentioned to you earlier how gorgeous this game is. Like the art is fantastic. The layouts, it's just yeah. like the production values on this thing is, you know, they're, yeah. they're off, off the charts. I, I love it. Is this is this all original art? Is it this... is uh, a lot of it is original art. Um, yeah. A lot of it is not. <laughs> uh, oh, we, right. Makes, we, right. we had a very limited budget uh, for sure. our original Kickstarter, so we we sort yeah. of had to you know MacGyver uh, you know duct tape and paperclip uh, a lot of a lot of things. Oh yeah, I've together. been there before. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, yeah, we we do we do have, uh, but uh, we do have a few artists that we commission work from directly mm-hmm. that are amazing, and they they mm-hmm. do unbelievable yeah. work. I mean, you know, just just yeah. I'm 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 proud of of uh, of our artists that sort of mm-hmm. they, they just they just easily captured the the theme that I was going for. Describe it to them, and yeah. then they were like, "Okay, this is it. This is this this is this is it, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. Um, mm, actually, it's yeah. better the, than what I described to you. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, we'll, the we'll art direction on this is, by the way, absolutely fantastic because it's really consistent. It, I, I mean, I, I personally very much love the art style, um, but yeah, it's like it's just so consistent throughout the book. It feels like it's all part of one unified universe, which is, mm. I guess, what you're going for. But yeah, gorgeous, mm. gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so let's have a look at what's in what's in this book. Thing, quite a lot. So we have got. Let's 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 just so work we, our way through the list. What we we? Uh, what we wanted to what we wanted to do if if uh, sorry, like, you're going to the master technicians guy, right? So the, the mm-hmm. I was I was trying to like frame the the overall goal of the book because the, mm-hmm. the the core the core sure. manual the core manual reads very much like the players have where mm-hmm. yeah. it's teaching you how to make a character. Here's how to play a sci-fi character. Here's how to fly a starship. But most of all, you're really just playing a 5e game, just kind of like you would open a book and, you know, play a compatible 5e game. Yeah. Um, we, everything just kind of, kind of expands, you know, uh, uh, threats database was the, okay, well, you know, now that we've given you a setting, we're going to give you a lot of lore and a lot of creatures mm-hmm. that belong in that setting. And like, you know, so you don't have to use space goblins or like, you know, or, <laughs> or, or anything or anything like that. that that's kind I, I of, mean, if you want to use space that. goblins, you could. You can, you, you can, you yeah. can use space goblins, you know, you can get, import get, anything get, from 5e into it, which is yeah, why get, we get actually. Like heavy assault rifles, zero yeah. gravity, and you've got some very dangerous, very silly yeah, goblins. Right. And then how recoil works in real time. Uh, uh, yeah, our, our goal wasn't to create like you know, s- you know, oh. space knolls because like five E already has knolls, so it's no, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So and we, we Star, and Starfinders out there already, and Starfinders, yeah, exactly Starfinders, yeah. So yeah. we we figured now we have the now we have the core, we have the players book, and then we have the you know we have the threats that people can kind of fill their world in. The traditions mm-hmm. guide's goal primarily was to say, okay, well, now we've given you this sci-fi thing that you can play and have fun with. Mm-hmm. Here's how you make any sci-fi thing that you can play and have mm-hmm. fun with, because we needed yeah. to establish that first thing, and then we pumped everything into this third book so you can tweak it however you want. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The amount of stuff, it's going to take a while to get through this list. So let's start, let's start with the weapons and armor, shall we? Sure. Because you've got, I've got a list of like 10 things here in front of me. So <laughs> weapon, weapons and armor. <laughs> so, so I'm looking at a preview right now, and we have here what are pretty much lightsabers, I guess. They're power weapons. Mm-hmm. And we've got different types of armor, sonic focuses, rebound weapons. What's, what would you say is your favorite, favorite new weapon or armor in the book? 
Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm always a fan of 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 the power weapons. Uh, the the, the mm. power weapons are so the the weapons and armor. We we took a different bent, uh, I guess, on uh, magic items, and right, instead yeah. we just sort of converted these into gear and mods and you know mm. utility things like that. And then the actual mm. armaments, uh, we we said, well, you know, sci- sci-fi doesn't really lend to. To, I found this, you know, magical sort of destiny kind of thing. It's just not, it's not a thing at all. Nice. So mm-hmm. we, we took all that and we, and we said, okay, well, we're going to convert these into items that you can keep and upgrade. Right. Yeah. And they just, you know, they all have, you know, dif- different, different attributes and, and, and different things and you can upgrade them. The reason why I like power weapons specifically is because you know, I, I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan. Who doesn't like lightsabers mm-hmm. and, and and like you know negative energy weapons and mm-hmm. things that you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, although I've so, seen yeah, one of them's an acid sword, the Ruiner, yeah. which that does not sound like a fun. <laughs> well, I suppose it's more fun if you're the one using it rather than the using <laughs> as it were. Also, we the versatile. So, so, so power weapons aren't necessarily <laughs> melee weapons; they could be guns. Mm-hmm. Mm. rifle or- yeah. oh yeah there is that yeah yeah so yeah so you got a whole bunch of weapons and armor there and then you say that you can customize it all. yeah how, how does how does how does that so work? Uh, there are uh, items in the game called core stones and mm-hmm. uh espers are able to access powers of core stones kind of kind of how um you know core stones hold the signature of of, of certain powers maybe kind of like spell scrolls do uh, right, right. In, in, yeah. in D&D, but you can you can use the core stones in in these uh, special items. The the uh, Esper weapons and armor are made from uh, sorium, which is that material that comes out of the crucibles. So mm-hmm. only you know Espers can wield special abilities from them. When they mm. uh, socket core stones into the items, the the items now upgrade to their next grade of power. Right, where, right, right. Where now they can, you know, they earn another, like, you know, bonus to damage or they earn another ability or, you know, uh, something along those lines. So, so yeah. that way the, it, it, it prevents, it prevents item bloat for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and you have your, your favorite piece of gear, you know, one, one of, one of mm. the big, one of the big sci-fi tropes was, you mm. know, especially when you're playing video games, like, you know, why does the character look the same all the time? Well, that's because they're kind of wearing the same gear and they're yeah, yeah. <laughs> just upgrading it as they yeah. go along. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's one of the, yeah. like the major differences between the fantasy and sci-fi approaches, which is fantasy. Things were better in the past and you're just like scrabbling around, picking up bits and pieces from, the ancients and their magical ways, whereas mm-hmm. sci-fi is like, you know, things may or may not be better in the future, but technology is going to improve, and your mm, kit definitely. is going to get better as you go. So, yeah, really supports yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, right. So we've got cybernetics as well, mm-hmm. and robotics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cyber, every sci-fi game has cybernetics. What's what's your approach to, to the cybernetics? Uh, mm. Cybernetics are... Uh, we took the approach of, of of treating them kind of the same way that we treated gear. Uh, so we, yeah. we we took the we took the gear and we we said, well, uh, the gear in itself is items that you know you uh, gain gain affinity with, which is kind of Espinosa's version of attunement. And we mm-hmm. said, you know, cybernetics should basically be the same thing, just implanted. So you're yeah. you're you're getting you're getting these uh, you're getting these mods that are that are implanted into your body. Obviously, they. Um, they do. You can only have as so many at a time, 
and mm-hmm. so they do cost money and and time and you know to install and you have to maintain them but you know so long as so long as you maintain them they do give you some some cool abilities uh i i, mm-hmm. I borrowed uh <laughs> just like everything else with Esper Genesis, i borrowed things from everywhere so of course That's you right. have your underneath like you know skin armor and your cybernetic oh, yeah. muscles and things like that and your nice. your like you know computer chips in the brain that you can that you mm. can install different knowledges and skills and and uh so we we went we went that route with it and treated them um we we linked it to gear so so where yeah. where gear is like your where, where gear has your your magic items properties the cybernetics is mm. the same way it's just a different form of gear right right yeah right i want to talk about my favorite bit and always my favorite bit of any any sci-fi game the spaceships because you've got rules for building a spaceship and you've got stat blocks for spaceships and Mm. you've got expanded rules for starship combat Mm. definitely definitely the best bit for me so (laughs) uh yeah yeah this this was this was fun to make uh Mm. it, it was it was a lot of fun uh only because play testing it was uh, it was different, you know. It's it's when you when you make something for five E, it's kind of like it's it's already standing on like a staple of something that you've play tested before, and you're always making a comparison yeah. to it. And the starships were just completely brand new, and mm. it was really just getting the you know getting the numbers right and seeing what matched versus what, and and putting that together into mm. into almost like creature stat blocks in, in, a, in a sense, but ones that yeah, players ones that players can now, manipulate yeah. and control and. Mm. Uh, so when we did the, we, the core book has, uh, Starship Combat for, you know, your, your standard scale ships. Anything from like, you know, a, a, a little space racer to like maybe like the Millennium Falcon, uh, mm-hmm. something around that size. And we had to create, uh, a few additional rules for big ships. You know, mm, really big, 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 big yeah. starships, the, the Enterprise, the Galactica, the, you know, mm. how do those ships yeah. work? How do they interact with the smaller ships? Yeah. And, you yeah. know, what, what does, what, what abilities do the, do the crew have inside those versus, mm. so, you know, we also introduced another, another crew role, which is like the captain who, mm. um, you know, using their, their own, like, you know, their wisdom and charisma is mm-hmm. able to add on to the abilities of the people actually controlling the ships and they get, you know, command dice and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. The, the, the goal of, of starships in Esper Genesis was so that, um, everyone is a group. I mean, you know, I, I, let me rephrase that. The, the party has to make decisions as a unit. So, right. you know, all the crew right. members need to decide what they're doing because their actions influence other people's actions. And, you know, it's, it's, just, there's that little bit of strategy and survival. So there's, there's a teamwork element to it. But at the mm. same time, everyone also has something to do. Yeah. Mm. That's They're, such yeah. an important part of any game involving vehicles, which I think, uh, like, the, nah. yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah the, it's the so thing, easy to have someone be the engineer and all they're doing is just repairing something each round. And it's just, that's yeah. not. Yeah, that's fun. not fun. Yeah, that's not fun at all. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, the, so it's the, like something to do a variety of options and enough roles that pretty much anyone could have a go at it. Yep. Yeah. And it's and yeah. it's almost you know it's it's the you know do you want the engineer to to repair you know the the the, the hull points that you just lost or mm. or like you know the the mod that was kind of just dumped on your ship or mm. you know do you need them to 
boost shields or to you yeah. know or or to, or to do something so the gunners actually have like a chance of yeah. firing on this thing that's bearing down on you or who's, like, who's are, overcharging the phasers, man? That's what. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's, <laughs> uh, the, the thing that the thing that we were most proud of uh, with the starships is that hmm. you can run everything in real time with everything else. So you can you can kind of hmm. do that Return of the Jedi kind of thing where you have like gigantic ships fighting fighting and then like you have these small ships that are just kind Mm -hmm. of you know killing each other in the background and then at the same time in the same amount of space you have like a ground unit on a planet doing something you can run all that through the same initiative Mm. that could be very interesting just switching between those that that, that's yeah it's it's ambitious but it but it's possible (laughs) (laughs) that last last 20 minutes of return of the jedi where they've got those three is just it's like epic, isn't it? It's like one of yeah. one of the best scenes or sort of like mishmash of scenes ever mm-hmm. in sci-fi history. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Peter clearly doesn't agree, but well, he's wrong. I, 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 know, agree. I, I know. I know. I, I'm not. I'm neither agreeing nor disagreeing. I am merely contemplating. <laughs> There's quite a lot of sci-fi to go with, so you know, I don't yeah. like to be. I don't like to be too definite without having properly considered the matter. But it is a very good scene. Cannot argue it is. that. Yes. Anyway. How does Starship com- uh, construction? Oh, yeah. uh, well, because uh, I do like myself a bit of Starship construction. Going back to Fass's Starship construction manual oh, back okay. in the eighties, yeah, <laughs> my, my love for RPG <laughs> Starship construction has never gone yeah. away. Ours is a bit more streamlined than that. Mm. <laughs> it, it looks a lot more streamlined like that. The goal that we wanted to have when we were building this thing was, mm-hmm. even though it's sci-fi and there's mm. a lot of like tech and all the stuff and you know, it's it's still uh, we wanted to keep the five E feel mm. uh, w- with with where D and D was, where it's it's kind of like keep it streamlined, keep it simple. You can throw in you know all the complicated stuff after it's out. If you just kind of bombard everybody with like gigantic tables and, and everything, then it's not mm. quite the game that you know we, we were looking to present. Yeah. Uh, so mm. Starship construction. It, it, it uses half tables and half imagination is really what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Uh, we we built tables so that you can, because the, the book lends towards building whatever kind of sci-fi galaxy you want, so mm-hmm. we didn't try to specify too much as to... You know what everything is as, as far as the starship con- is concerned. We gave we we, we a, a whole bunch of different types of, of starship hulls, and you know what their base hull points are, what their structural integrity mm-hmm. is, how much crew can actually control the ship. You know what what the sensors are, what the sensors are like. You know once once you have all of that established, and you know how much the ship weighs, how much cargo it can hold, and you know we have okay, you have the framework of the ship. Now it's up to you to design the ship. What does it look like? You know, yeah. you know what size it is. You know what does it look like? What you know what what theme? What what element does it have? So that way, it can basically be yeah. in any campaign. And it's, you know, and it's uh, spanning we, quite the gamut from like single pod races all the way up to was mm-hmm. it uh, fully functioning battle stations? Yeah, to like you know to like Unicron, you know, like that that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we, really <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah moon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. You know that, yeah, yeah. but that was yeah, that was our goal, and and then mm. and then you know you you it has its its limitations on how much weapons and and you know what you can put on it, and then we just went into options. You know, do you even mm. want it to move? Okay, great. Uh, if you do, mm. uh, <laughs> what kind of propulsion goes into it? And, and you know the mm. the 
the chain of weapons, obviously, you know, the heavier ones are, are more powerful and, you know, they require, uh, more, more gunners, uh, but you can only put them on larger ships. So right, we, right, yeah. we put it together so that it, it, it all balances out, uh, to, to where as long as you have an idea of the, the size and the theme of the ship that you want to build, you can put together anything. Right, uh, using, right. Using the tables that are there. Yeah, yeah. So is it like fair to say the sort of like the, the game handles the numbers and then you use your imagination to just say what those numbers sort of mean in terms of what your ship looks like? Mm-hmm. And so you can say it's a Star Warsy style ship or it's a Star Trekky style ship. And while they're, while they're two different kind of looking things in different sci fi universes, the game's numbers. So yeah, the games. Yeah, the games numbers will 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 lead, will lead into that and say, okay, well, this you know, this is why you know, this is what it looks like. Yeah. This is what it can do, yeah. and then you can mash them together if you want, uh, mm. because the you know the the, the truth is, um, you know, there's there's billions of stars in the galaxy. Anything can be mm-hmm. anything anywhere, and mm. yeah. so that that was the you know, it's it's kind of built for not for fans that like Esper Genesis ships. It's mm-hmm. for Sci-fi fans that like ships and yeah, I mean yeah, just- I mean I <laughs> even even if I wasn't like a, a 5e player at all, mm. I think I would still be tempted to buy this just for the starship, the starship porn basically. I guess <laughs> just yeah. like looking at pictures and stats of starships. I mean, and building my own. You got starships. You got you got lovely lovely artwork for starships, and you've got mm. the stat blocks next to them, which is always very important. Mm-hmm. It's just like living pages of illustrations. Of course, the starship character sheet at the very end of the book, yep, uh, which important. is still recognisably a, a fifth edition derived character sheet. Which I, I haven't looked at that. Let me scroll to the end. Yeah. It's got some things I'm very used to seeing. Things like maneuver save DC. I'm like, oh yes, yes, I know what this is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking a very, very long time to scroll, but the good thing is. As I'm scrolling, I'm just scrolling through pages of ships, so I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm getting very much a. If you like uh, starships, this is this is not this this is this is an excellent book for you to get. Ah, oh, there we go. Book. Got it. Yeah. I've made it. I've made it to the end. Oh, yeah, that looks lovely. Yeah. That, wow. I do, I love the graphic design on all of this. Thank you very much. It's just, uh, it's just like this sort of elegant simplicity to it, but it's also thematic. It's really nice. I mean, I do have to attribute half of of, of the original concept to uh, my my friend Brian, who recently passed. He uh, was uh, he was actually the uh, the the layout person for uh, uh, for the first two books, and mm, yeah. you know, we kind of when we were building this, you know. It, we, which I didn't get to do, obviously, this time was it's just me and him just kind of sitting, you know, two feet apart, just going, Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Ooh, that would be great. Let, hey, let's yeah. put that in there. And then, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you've got like 20 pages of starships in here. That is, I know. <laughs> that's a lot of starships, man. That's, I mean, have, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we didn't want to leave anyone out. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what 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 else is there that we haven't we haven't brought up yet? What other big 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 things are? Uh, well, we we have we have quite a bit uh, actually. <laughs> I mean, there there is your uh, you know there's there's your standard you know kind of what you find in the in the, DM, in the DM's guide how to build encounters mm. and how to create mm. uh, creature stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we also have um, we have a, a random 
alien life form generating table. We have mm-hmm. uh, tables for creating like you know quick star systems. You know, you mm-hmm. run into a star system once it you know roll some dice and what kind yeah. of star it is, how many planets does it have? Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I, I, uh, I, I quite like the way you had of setting up like um, if someone decides they want to play a new sort of alien. Uh, you've got you've broken it down into nice chunks of like you know uh, you can roll the dice. This is like is your creature large or small? Is there medium or small? Uh, what age are they? What sort of yeah sort of things? And then you can choose either from a list of these are habitats that they have. You can grab some of them these mm-hmm. things and whack it on, uh, or you can roll the dice and choose from all the four options that you've got for each of them, or you could just choose again. And I really like that because I've been spending a lot of time. Digging deep into uh, the bowels of D and D, playing around with detect balance. So I'm like, oh yes, okay, yeah. I see, I see that these are all actually going to be quite well balanced already. So yeah, I thought that was really nice. A really quick way, streamlined. Again, I think that's quite a yeah. good word to describe a lot of stuff in this book. There is a lot of streamlining going on, which really yeah. would improve your quality of life. Yeah, yeah. The goal of the book was was not to you know not to do this thing. It was to do anything. So you know mm-hmm. we. You can really only do that with with kind of like a streamlined presentation. Okay, you know yeah. these are these are the mechanics. Do what you will yeah. with with this, and and so yeah, yeah. It, it only it only made sense with with characters like character generation that that sort of like yeah. where the origin of of where you live, what planet you come from, what your environment yeah. is yeah. would would blend easily into making that an option for character. Yeah. So, so what's next for Espergenesis? Just three books so far. I assume you have more planned. There's more on the horizon. We yeah. have quite a bit planned, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Tell us more. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Well, I mean, this this book the, this book was planned to come out. We had a plan to release this book in the beginning of last year. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, obviously, quite a few things everything went out in the It happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to dive into a deep, uh, dark hole of, of, of uh, yeah. A lot, you know, a lot of things went very badly wrong. A lot of, yeah, a lot of things, yeah, a lot of things went south uh, yeah. throughout this throughout this entire project. Uh, yeah. Either either way, you know, finally, you know, we have the core out, mm. and uh, we we do have uh, we do have what twelve, thirteen adventures. Oh. out right now but we yes. want to do a lot more um oh. we're we're getting into more uh we had gotten in, into roll 20 on january oh. uh so uh we yes. we want to we want to do more with that uh we we've been branching out into other virtual tabletops uh we are planning on putting in putting out a lot more uh content uh probably in the vein of like you know big big adventure with yeah. some additional rules that sort of fit the the, the theme of the adventure, um, okay. the uh, other thing we want to do actually is is uh, what I'm putting together right now. Mm-hmm. The technician's guide is is supposed to to lean into um, mashing things together as much as it is creating stuff for for sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, because everything is directly compatible. Mm-hmm. We're working on a project. That I think I mentioned, actually, I think I mentioned on this podcast, probably only on this podcast a year ago, and that was our original plan. And then we, you know, we, we lost a member, and a lot of crap happens. But mm. uh, it, it's called uh, Expedition from the Mysterious Peaks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was basically a you know spiritual successor to an obviously iconic yes uh, adventure. Yeah. 
and and we it's the the project itself is going to be like a like a big mega three part sort of adventure path where you're mm. you know you're mm-hmm. you're a sci-fi you're a sci-fi team sort of you know investigating mm. like you know the the original crash on this mysterious planet right, yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh and then you know the ramifications of that lean into the fantasy part of the game where it uses like you know traditional fantasy 5e just in mm-hmm. in sort of like its own setting and then the third part is you know just just like just like every trilogy just sort of everything just blends together and you sort of do like this sci fantasy big adventure and that's that's mm-hmm. that's kind of our goal is to is to get um because you know it's it's a lot of fun uh there are a lot of people that are that are into espionagesis and love espionagesis mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are into d and d and love d and d and we want yeah. to do something for both of them oh yeah so, yeah. Uh, Venn diagram yeah, interface. Yeah. 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 So what's where are you on that then? Is that imminent? Is that uh, that is in the you know, we've we've been in, in the planning stages for a while. I have a yeah. lot of things outlined out. Um but because I'm sorry, because we had no idea exactly when anymore, you know, we were gonna get the technician's guide out, we sort of let it sit until it was released and then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna focus on getting it uh getting it printed so we can send it to our backers. You know, get that out, and at the same time, plan out uh, plan out the new Kickstarter while we're doing <laughs> while we're doing everything else. We're also now, you know, very we're we're sort of a two man, sometimes three person team, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work. So, yeah. but that's that's the that's the plan is is the you know come out come out with that adventure path, come out with more uh, Espergenesis content. You know, in the meantime. Uh, I, we, we are we are reaching out to a lot of of wonderful designers and authors, and I think mm. you'll be pretty interested in in uh, what you see when we when we come up with it. it it'll be pretty Excellent. cool. I can't wait. Right, we are running out of time now. Yeah. I did want to very quickly touch on Level Up because you are one of the designers on Level Up, and you have mm-hmm. recently been working on Feats, I believe. Uh, yeah. Um, can you just very, very quickly just tell us what you've been doing with with Feats for Level Up? Well, we have been incorporating uh, the feat system to work with all of the new very interesting options that that uh, mm. that, that level up comes out you know the the uh, the way that the, yeah 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 the yeah the way the way that, that all of all of the mechanics work and and you mm. know we've we've been uh, taking taking all of those new options and and putting them into feats feats are uh, kind of a I don't know, kind of a staple of, of character growth, you know, obviously, mm. because, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's that interesting thing that you do when you're not taking an ability score increase. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. when you're, when you're, when you're doing it for something like, like level up, you want to make those options, you know, just as enticing and, mm. and, and to fit mm. in with the concept of, of the character that you have and the options that you have. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, when I, when I had, uh, when I had taken a look at it, I was like, Oh, you know, this, this is. <laughs> <laughs> There's versions of core 5e feats, but there's also brand new feats. There's also brand new feats, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I was about to mention. We came up with, with, a, with a lot of brand new, brand new interesting feats that, that mm. uh, not only borrow from a lot of the new options that you can do, you know, especially combat options. Those are, those are a lot of fun and interesting. Yeah. You, can, you can kind of you know, put in some, some very interesting combinations with different classes and feats and mm. and just sort of uh <laughs> yeah. do, do some do some amazing things that 
aren't completely broken, but are just a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sounds um, perfect. And we, you know, we 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 also threw in a, a lot of you know uh, a lot of feats don't focus on social aspects or mm. exploration aspects. Mm. You know, we we did we did throw in a, you know a few of those mm. uh, as well to kind of keep things interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. There's a big, there's a much more heavy emphasis on these things in level up. I would say. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah the, the, the support, yeah. I, I'm I, the the only reason why I'm I'm like not throwing in a lot of like you know words or details because I'm not exactly sure what I can say. So. You can say Rich, you can say anything you like. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, honestly, there we've there's no NDAs anymore on them. Like, oh, you can right, say right, what you right, want. Right, right. Yeah, cool. cool. see, it's yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah, there's, <laughs> a lot, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot of aspects that that I found like really cool that each can can. Expand upon like the combat maneuver, and, mm. you know, the interesting configuration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, those those wow. things yeah. are yeah, those things are aspects that are you know kind of like as far as far as character development and growth are a lot of fun. You know, mm. it makes sense. For yeah, yeah. Have you got a favorite of the new feats? Mm. Uh, I know those, those questions are horrible, aren't they? Have you got a favorite I, I, one? I, and then you said, no, no, "What's your favorite? <laughs> who's your favorite child, Rich?" Tell yeah, us. You, can, you can. Yeah, you can never ask. You know, because of course, of course, I, I'm, I'm going to pick one of my own. The one that springs to mind immediately is is the survivor one. I I, I kind of like that one. It's it's mm. it's stuff that you kind of wish you could do when the when the chips are down and and like you know the 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 crap is hit the fan. You you have you're kind of that uh you know those action movies where you have like that that action hero that just doesn't go down no matter what and John uh, McClane, you know, yeah. Yeah, they they always like you know everything blows up around them. They should be covered in shrapnel, but they're not, and they just kind of get yeah. up and keep moving. And you know that's that that oh, feat okay. is like you know when you're when you're when you're like down to like your minimal or you're reduced to, to zero hit points, you know, or you, you mm-hmm. still get to you still get to like move and you know kind of make Ooh. sure you know you you can you can get somewhere safe it, it's a lot yeah. easier for you to 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 recover and get back up and just keep oh, going right. and it's like how do i put this guy down <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to reenact die hard in dnt this is you do it. Yeah. <laughs> die hard in a dungeon yes oh. die hard in a dungeon that gives yeah, me right. a different game actually. anyway <laughs> we do have to we, wind up so okay. mitch thanks so much for coming on again yes. thank you for having me on as always i Really excited about your Barrier Peaks. You know, no, I should say Barrier Peaks, are we? Um, no, it's it's mysterious, mysterious Peaks. Mysterious Peaks. Mysterious, mysterious Peaks, <laughs> not Barrier Peaks. Anybody it's already it? legally distinct from the Barrier Peaks. <laughs> Expression to the legally distinct Peaks, yeah. <laughs> I am really excited about that. And when, oh. when you do have more to talk about on that, I mm. would love yes. you to come back on and talk about that, because that yes. is Otherwise, we shall help. <laughs> but you don't want to make me do that either. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Rich. It's been great talking to you again, Rich. It's been a real pleasure. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content.
just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I mean, I mean my, my big shock when I was playing Exalted was we came up, there is a dragon. I'm like, oh, crikey, I'm not sure we can take a dragon. And then we start having a chat and tea and biscuits with it because he's the guardian of the West. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess this is a thing now. So, you know, it was like, it was a bit of a paradigm shift for me. I very much enjoyed playing it. And I want biscuits. You said biscuits, now I want biscuits. Tea and biscuits. <laughs> I want a chocolate digestive and a jammy dodger. Can't always get what you want. <laughs>